Welcome to the Brian Buffini Show, where we explore the mindsets, motivation, and methodologies of success. Here's your host, Brian Buffini. Well, the top of the morning to you, and welcome to the Brian Buffini Show. Very special guest with me today. So special, in fact, he's the first ever repeat guest since we launched the Brian Buffini Show, and we're so excited to have Andy Andrews with us. Andy, top of the morning to you. Buddy, I'm honored to be here. Thank you very much. Such a privilege. For those of you who have not listened to the previous interview I did with Andy, I highly recommend you do that. Very entertaining, very fun, very powerful. Uh, Just a brief, brief history of Andy. Andy is the classic rags-to-riches story in many ways. You've heard the analogy on Saturday Night Live of living in a van down by the river. Uh, well, Andy lived under a bridge down by the ocean. His story lost both his parents within a, a one-year time span as a teenager, went through some very tough, difficult circumstances, living in storage lockers and garages, and has become, not just on his journey as being a comedian and the warm-up opening act for Joan Rivers and all these... climb to the middle. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's fantastic. <laughs> and, you know, uh, an author that sold... Uh, Almost 4 million copies of some of the best books, The Traveler's Gift, The Noticer, some of my favorite books of all time. And a guy that's had his influence on teams. For anyone who's a football fan, and he's had his hands in some capacity in the last nine national championships. Yeah, is that last right? nine college football national It's amazing. Special forces in the military, very close to my heart and my family. Involved with the presidents, involved with people of influence all over the world. And so we're very honored to have you again, Andy. And, and the reason I wanted you to come, first of all, we're backstage at our Richmond Success Tour. We've got a couple thousand people upstairs, another 10,000 tuning in. We wanted Andy to come and speak to this audience, but I want to take this opportunity to talk to Andy about his new book. And I'm a reader, as many of you know. I am very cautious in what books I recommend. I might read 60 a year, and I might recommend two. Wow. This book is not someone I'm just going to recommend. I will be pushing this book. I've talked to you a little bit about it, how this book has already helped me. And it's called The Little Things, Why You Really Should Sweat the Small Stuff. <laughs> Andy, I love how you think. I love how this book is It's short. It's sweet. It's so readable. It's so valuable. It's so principle-based, but yet so helpful. They say right now that the uh, average goldfish has a nine-second attention span, and the average millennial has a seven-second attention span. <laughs> I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, so we're worse I than believe the it. I just didn't know it. <laughs> so this book is written with all of us in mind that have a short attention span. It's just really, really beautiful. So just, you know, I, I have some things I really want to get into, but why did you write this book? Why did the I, little things know, come about? I, honestly... Just at the very bottom line, the reason I wrote this book is for my boys. I have Mm. two boys, a 15-year-old, almost 15, and a 17-year-old. For a number of years, I've I've been working with with clients, as you mentioned, just different people. And I realized uh, a while back that I had to have great results. 
with my clients. Mm. I couldn't get by on average results because I'm not a celebrity. I don't have a Super Bowl ring. I don't have a gold medal. I wasn't a hero of some national disaster. <laughs> I'm just a dad. I'm a father. I'm a, I'm a friend, a business person. And, and so if I was going to have clients, you know, Peyton Manning may be able to get by on just showing up and taking pictures with everybody. Right. I got to actually have results, and they can't right. be little results. I knew I had to help people double and triple. And so we really started doing that. And in the past several years, we've had some unbelievable results. And, and at one point, my wife said, you know, how are you doing this? You know, I, I, you get off the phone with Nick Saban or Urban Meyer, and, and my wife says, you played football in the sixth grade. You know, what are you doing? <laughs> now you're advising guys that make yeah. $6 million bucks a year say, yeah, well, coaching I know. national championships. And I, and I realized that what was happening is that there were little, tiny things, little things. But I also realized None of them were written down. Mm. The maneuvers, the strategies that we had figured out, the proofs that we had figured out that work in the industry. That Because I tell people what I do is I help people compete at a level the competition doesn't know there's a game going on. Wow. And so I realized it wasn't written down. And I all of a sudden broke out in a cold sweat, Brian, because I'm like, man, if I croak, my boys are going to grow up and never know how this happened. Wow. So I started putting it down. And mm. this, I think... I may have written better stuff, but I think this is more valuable than Mm. anything that I've written. Interesting. The beautiful thing here, you know, that's a great motivation, obviously, for doing something. And I've read your stuff. I love your stuff. And I'm a a book hog. And The Traveler's Gift was one of the first I ever read. And it, it... it was since the passing of Ogmandino, it was the first book that took me to a place like that. Buddy, that nothing could make me feel better. Yeah. And this doesn't do The Traveler's Gift fable. Uh, but this does meet us right where we're at. And again, you're a, a guy who likes to think from a different spot. That's what made you a great comedian. Right. And you call yourself a noticer. And it's interesting in our world today what we don't notice, what we miss. Everything we need is right underneath our feet. And it's the small things. And I say it all the time. You know, we put on events and I have had to train my team because they go, man, in the early days, I'd be maniacal about these things. About right. The details. And they go, man, you're just anal or you're obsessed or whatever else. And yet that is now why 25 years into this, my team can run an event without me having any involvement at all. In fact, this event here, we got all these thousands of people, 28 staff ended up in the wrong state last night. Instead of landing in Richmond, Virginia, they were in Philadelphia. Oh, my And they gosh. have to drive through the night, rent minivans. And, you know, and yet whatever. it all worked, right? Perfect. And see, see, it's curious that you look at that from a time perspective, because back then they were saying, what, you know, what are you doing? What are you doing? Because you're paying attention to these tiny little things back mm-hmm. then. And they're going, come on, Brian, because we live in a world where everybody is wanting somebody that has the big picture. They want to promote people with the big picture. They want to hire people with the big picture. They want to follow people with the big picture. And people forget that sometimes these guys that have only the big picture have no idea the little bitty details that have to be put together that that big picture actually come to fruition. Mm. And so it's the little things. You know, every masterpiece was created with an individual brushstroke. Mm. And whatever you're doing with your life or your business, it's going to be done one little tiny thing at a time. And so you look at the little movements that you made yeah. 25 years ago, and they're like the bearings on a compass, 360 degrees on a compass. It's a 16th of an inch. There's a chapter in the little things about yeah. that. 16th of an inch seems like nothing. It seems like you're moving something that's infinitesimal. And for the next five minutes, 
Certainly, that may be. You push that out 25 years on that same plane, and you are miles away from where everybody else has ended up. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And there's a great story in the book about you and your buddies going in a, in a boat and being off by a couple of degrees and ended up in a yeah. place where you almost lost your lives. Exactly. Because exactly. you were off by two degrees. Right. And so I think it's very powerful. For me, I think a lot of people, the one word I would describe so many people in today's culture is overwhelmed. They're overwhelmed. You know, we, we have all these 24 hours news cycles. Sure. Our phones blow up all the time. We have headline grabbing. Life is wrapped pretty tight. People are wrapped pretty tight. I grew up in a more relaxed environment, I would say, in Ireland. And uh, less affluent countries certainly are more like that. But what would your advice be to somebody who feels overwhelmed, feel like they got too much going on, and now you're going to focus on the little things? Doesn't that make me feel more overwhelmed? It shouldn't. And it won't when you understand the reality about the little things. Mm. And when you understand how they really work, and because I, I go back to the masterpiece thing, you know, Leonardo da Vinci, uh, hundreds of years ago, when he was painting the Mona Lisa, all his buddies got onto him. And he was like, what are you doing? You know, you got to make a living here. And he had chosen the smallest, tiniest brush available at the time. Mm. And his friends were saying, this is going to take you forever. What are you doing? And he said, I'm creating a masterpiece. Now, that's how it ended up, obviously. Mm. I mean, hundreds of years later, we can go into the Louvre and we can look at the Mona Lisa. And you look through a magnifying glass, you can't even discern individual brushstrokes. Well, Mm. you're creating something with your life or your business or your family. And at the end of it all, whether it's a masterpiece or a disaster, it will have been done one tiny brushstroke at a time. Now, here's the thing. We often think that more is better. Mm. But purity comes at the beginning. Mm. I was with Austin and Adam the other day out in the woods, and and, uh, we were watching this spring come up. It it literally came out of the ground. And Adam, and we were probably 30 or 40 feet from it, where it was coming out of the ground, it was water falling down. And and Adam said, Dad, you could, like, drink that, couldn't you? And I said, well, yeah, you you probably could. No, I, I wouldn't unless you have to. Okay, <laughs> but but if you, yeah, I said. But if you ever find <clears throat> yourself in a position where you have to, you want to drink it over there instead of over here. Do you know why? And he said because it filters over the rocks. And I said no. I said the farther up you go, the closer to the source you get, the less opportunity that water has to have been messed with. You know, a squirrel hadn't bathed in it. Yeah, right. he, You know, up there, if right. You, right there, it's just, it's coming out of the earth. It's from the limestone, from the depths. Of the, now, 20 feet down, you know, a squirrel may have gone to the bathroom there yeah, earlier right. today. And so our lives are the same way. When we get closer to the source, hmm. things become quieter, things become smaller, hmm. and they become more significant because it is shocking to us to realize that that one little hole in the ground that's smaller than my fist could end up in a 28-acre lake five miles below. Right. And, of course, you say, well, it took a long time to fill it up. Yeah, it did. Okay, and what's your point? It took a long time. It's just like your life does. And one quick thing, just one little turn that is very curious to me. Your life and your business will be turned and doubled and tripled and increased not by knowledge, but by wisdom. Mm. Wisdom 
is different from knowledge. Yeah. And for years, you know, when people tell us, seek wisdom, what do we do? We, we read. We go to be around wise people. We want to, you know, spend time researching because we want to get wisdom. All right, that's knowledge. That's knowledge. Now, wisdom is something different. Wisdom is not knowledge. Wisdom is a deep understanding of a principle. Okay, so you can have the knowledge of a principle. You can understand how it works. But until you have a deep understanding Mm. of why that principle works as it does and the many different ways it can be used, that's wisdom because you can use it in context, right? Right. Okay, well, King Solomon, who's the wealthiest person, the wisest person who ever lived, Mm -hmm. he said, he said that wisdom comes from God. Now, he doesn't say that a lot of wisdom comes from God or that you know, some of your wisdom is going to come from God. This is what he said, not what I said, but he said wisdom comes from God. We all have different places in our spiritual lives and we believe different things. But me, when I connect with my Creator, I have to be quiet. Now, i got to tell you something. <laughs> for years and years, the way I always talk to God, I say, Dear Lord, you know, thank you for this and thank you for this. And God, would you please do this? And would you make sure you watch over them and watch over me? And thank you, Lord. Amen. Okay, let me go check my email. Right. And I thought, you know, I'm not a very good friend here because if I got somebody that is wanting me to help them, and they come into my house and say, I really need you to help me. Thank you so much for helping me. I really appreciate your help. Teach me to do this and teach me to do that. And thank you so much. All right, see you later. And they walked out the door. I think, what? Yeah. What? I, you know? right. And I realized if I'm seeking wisdom, I can read, I can research. But at some point, I got to stop mm-hmm. and be still and be quiet and allow the thinking and the perspective to take over, allow somebody else to talk you got to be still yeah you got to be still one of the things i really enjoy about you is you think differently and in thinking differently it seems like that's produced a lot of these results for a lot of these very very successful renowned people one of the things people who listen to a podcast someone who's gone to an event someone who's reading a book is usually somebody interested in growth yeah And growth involves change. And one of my favorite parts of the little things, and again, we're limited on time on how much we can spend here. Sure. But you laid out three myths about change that I think are awesome because our mission at Buffini Company impact and improve the lives of people. Our average client, when they come to us, is making 29,000. Right. And within four years, is making 360,000. We're in the change business. Sure. I've been doing it my whole life. Right. And I so agree with what you're doing here. I so agree with what you're saying. And I've never seen it put down on paper before. And so we have coaches that are grinding through this stuff with people, but very few people are thinking like this. So I would love, if we can for a second, to just take on head first, and we're going to step on some toes here because we're going to think differently because people are listening to this. They've bought tapes. They've gone to events. They've subscribed to things. They've signed up for a trainer at the gym. And they've tried and failed and struggled and this and that and up and down and depressed and frustrated and whatever else and given up or whatever else. Talk to me about the myths of change. As you're listening to this, I want you to notice something very curious. I'm about to change what you think about change. Mm -hmm. Okay? And there's a very specific way I'm going to do it because I'm going to destroy your myths and I'm going to provide the two things Mm. that are necessary. Mm -hmm. I appreciate so much, Brian. You're one of the 
wisest people I know. And so that you locked on to that is very cool to me hmm. because that's my mission too, to help people live the lives they would live if they only knew how to do it. Hmm. And so this is an important chapter to me because I've never heard of this before. And years and years as a speaker, as I know you have done too, I, everywhere we go, when we say, well, what can we help you with? People say, well, you know, we're going through a change. Well, we're having a hard time with change. Well, we, you know, government regulations change. Well, things aren't like where they were last year. Well, we're fixing the initiated change. And I realized, New man, technology. Yeah, change. it's everywhere. The world has it's, changed. It's changed. And then I go back 18 months later, and they basically say the same thing. And I, I began to realize we are evidently not very good at this. And yet everything... <laughs> Everything. Oh, you're going to get married. Things are going to change. Well, oh, you got married. Things changed. Ah, something's wrong with your marriage. Well, things change. Oh, you, want th- you, you, you want it to be good again? Well, things got to really change. And, and so it's everywhere we are. And yet, why are we not good at it? Well, there are three things that we believe in our society. Three things mm. that we base every bit of change that we do corporately, family-wise, in every part of our lives. Three things that we all believe that we base everything on. What are the odds all three of them would be wrong? Number one is it takes time to change. Mm. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Change happens in a heartbeat. It may take time to prepare to change. Right. It may take time to get uh, sick enough of where you are to get ready to think about changing. It may take time. It's a lot of things to take time. But when you change, when change occurs, it happens in a heartbeat. Mm. Okay. The second thing is people say, well, you know, they kind of want to change. I mean, they don't want to change. They probably need a deep desire to change because, if they, you know, it, it just, you know, it takes time and they got to want it. It's a process. No. No, that's wrong too. And you and I know it's wrong because you and I could spend five minutes together and come up with many stories in our own life when we were absolutely fine. We're bopping along merrily, happily, and all of a sudden some new information came in and we went, wait, all right. And we turned into a 180 and we never looked back. Right. And not only did we not have any idea change was on the horizon, it didn't take any time, and we had no desire for it. We were fine. Right. We were fine. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, boom, there we go. And the third one is that rock bottom thing that everybody talks about. Well, they got to be rock bottom. You, right. know, I, you know, it's really, it's just going to have to, I, we thought he was, he probably thought he was at the rock bottom, but until he's at the rock bottom, he's just not going to change. Well, see, that's not true either because we all have experienced situations with people where, you know, somebody they went to rehab and they're out of rehab and then back in rehab and out of rehab. And finally, their family says, we can't do this anymore. We can't afford it. And, and then you just don't see them for years. And then 10 years later, you run into them and they're fine. They're happy. They're employed. They yeah. got a family. And you go, hey, what happened? I'm so happy for you. What happened? And they say, well, you know, uh, one day I... I was talking to a guy, and he said something. I was watching a TV program. This guy said, or I was reading a book, and I, I read this one thing. And right. and I, you know, I went home. I poured it all down the sink, and I never took another drink. And you go, really? All that you put us through, and yeah. some guy said something. <laughs> really? Are you kidding me? <laughs> but we've all heard stories like that, right? We've yeah. all heard stories. And so the yeah. thing is, it, it can't be those things, right? And yet. As I really was quiet and sought wisdom and asked questions about this for years, I finally began to understand that there's two things. Mm. There's two things that I cannot find. And I would love to hear if you can find any example, a single one. I can't find a single example of any national change, individual change, corporate change, team change, family change, anything that did not have these two things. Mm -hmm. Number one is what's in it for me. Yep. 
And I'm not saying that in a greedy way. I'm just saying that's just human nature. What's the payoff? Okay, we've been doing it this way for a number of years. Now you want it to do it this way. Okay, if we do it that way, what happens to us? Right? And whether they say it to you or not, they're going to say it to themselves or they're going to say it when you walk in the room. Right. And you know for you to change, that has to be there too. What's in it for me? There has to be some value there. And the second thing is proof beyond a reasonable doubt. Yep. I'm not talking about a mathematical proof. I'm just talking about the kind of proof that you heard something that you never heard before, and it just makes sense. It's Evidence like, that demands a verdict, right? Yeah, I just, holy cow, I never thought of that before. And I'm going to tell you something, buddy. When proof beyond a reasonable doubt collides with what's in it for me, mm. people will change in a heartbeat yeah. and never look back. And we can look at so many changes, so many things that we want, things that we thought would change, but it didn't change. You know, like behavior. Right? Like you want your teenager to change, and you don't want him just to change while he's at your house. You're bigger than he is, and you have all the money. You can make him do what you want him to do. Mm. You're not trying to raise a great kid. You're trying to raise a kid who becomes a great adult. It's two different things. Mm -hmm. And so you have to understand that is why things like because I said so, and <laughs> as long as you're in my house, and I'm your father, sure. and you will, there's nothing in it for him. Yeah. There's nothing in it for him. You know, in that chapter, we explain that. Or just that like as a thing. boss, because I'm your boss. Right, because I'm your boss. It's lousy it, leadership. That's lousy leadership. And so that whole chapter totally explains that. And yeah. boy, you talk about a money-making chapter. Yeah. That's a money-making chapter because yeah. anytime, anytime you've got a meeting with a client, anytime you want to get a listing, you know, right now, they have not given you the listing. You want them to give you the listing. They have not given you the referral. You want them to give you the referral. They are not your customer. You want them to be your customer. In other words, you want them to change. Yeah. If you can provide them what's in it for them yeah. and proof beyond a reasonable doubt that it is so, they will change in a heartbeat. Right. The other piece that I love about this as I meditated on this was these three myths are ultimately three great excuses to not take action. Sure they are. Because we take them on as if they're true and they're not. We pass these things around like they're principles, but they're not. Right. They are opportunities for procrastination. Ogmandino, one of the statements he said that just struck me as a young man was failures live as if they had a thousand years to change. And, you know, okay, it takes time to change. I need change to happen now, right? Or I have to want it, and I'm not sure how much I want it. The big one is a person won't change until they hit rock bottom. I've talked to people, and... At an unconscious level, they were waiting to have a heart attack before they started eating right. And I'm serious. I, I, and, and I totally I, get you. You know what I, I mean? I'm I having agree. a conversation. I talked to one guy recently and his wife and his family and this and any other, and he was eating like he was going to the electric chair. I, I, I'm like, I'm with him. Every time we're around, I'm like, dude. So next thing you know, this guy, he's, we're in company. He's having a couple of glasses of wine. He says to me, my father had a heart attack. My grandfather had a heart attack. I know my time is coming. And he goes, I'll end up getting my life right. And then I said to him, uh, what if you have the Widowmaker? What if you don't have your father's heart attack? What if you have the Widowmaker? And literally was like a baseball bat over the forehead. All of a sudden, this subconscious thought he had in mind that he was inching towards this destiny. And I just said, what if you end up having the Widowmaker? And then I'm like, let me look at this. And I Googled it. And what percentage of men over 50 have the Widowmaker? And I showed him the phone. And literally, it's like his world was shattered. And subconsciously, this guy had this in mind. And it was a great excuse. I'm going to, I'm going to be like my father. I'm going to be 54. I'll probably have a heart attack. It'll hurt. It'll be painful. But I get to eat what I want to eat until then. And then I'll eat the salads. And then I'll go exercise. 
And he had never even considered in his mind the alternative. See, you made him confront what was in it for him, mm-hmm. a life with his family, a healthy yeah. life with his family, actually existence on this earth with mm-hmm. his family. And you Google it, so if you confront what was in it for him and proof beyond a reasonable right. doubt. And what's he doing now? Yeah. Uh, you know what? It was an interesting deal. And, and what's funny is now I'm the person they hate because they've been trying to get him on this program and this and that and the other for years. And the guy literally, he just... It clicked for him. Yeah, I was like, really? It Ryan just, just says something? It, and, it, yeah, it okay, thanks so much. See, if we understand how this works, yeah. we can harness this. You see, this is wisdom. This is not knowledge. Right. This is wisdom. Well, there's a couple of things in this book that I would love to get into at a different time. You have a game-changing concept here in regards to one of the issues that's really plaguing our society and our culture about how easy people are taking offense right. and where that's all going. And, and we don't have time for that, but maybe that'll be a hook for another day. Yeah, um, and it's not just a look, gosh, look what's happening. No. This is how to make sure that your right. family avoids the pitfalls here. Right. There's something you finish this book with that very few people have ever had the courage to write that I want to talk about. Okay. You get into the dynamic of choice. You expose the concept of you know, if you could choose to be anything and be anything and so on and so forth. And there's a statement in this book that is just magnificent. You point out in a way that is very welcoming to everybody and who they are and where they're coming from. So I go, okay, hey, let me ask you, do you believe in God, right? Let's, let's talk about that, okay? Or what, what version of that do you believe, right? And then you basically point out, so okay, now here's the question. If, if you believe that there's a God, a God of the universe who loves you, and cares about you, and wants the best for you. Is it possible? Do you think God has a better imagination than you? (laughs) And what would God's desire for you to be? I think it's such a magnificent thought for people to enter in. I think it's a hard thought for many people, especially in our divided world today, because people can think that's a preachy thing or whatever else. But I just think it's so beautiful. It's it's an unusual concept to think of. Do you want the best for you? Yes, I do. Okay, does God want the best for you? Yes, he does. Okay, does God have a better imagination than you? Yeah, probably. Okay, so how big is the gap in what you think is the best for you and all God has planned for you? I mean, if he's our Heavenly Father, have you ever looked at one of your children and you had a plan laid out for them and they, they did it and they succeeded, but then they were happy with that success and they kind of stopped and you're sitting there going, Come on, come on, there's more. Come on, on. I can't believe you're not doing more. I I wonder how many times God looks at us and goes, don't don't stop here. You just graduated the second grade. It's not time to retire, (laughs) right? But sometimes we stay in that desk our whole life. Right. And I think that concept of the beauty of that is the imagination of God. And that is it possible that in that great imagination where they, you know, I love planet earth with David Attenborough. Oh yeah. Me too. And you see these birds doing the exotic dances. That's like, it looks like some electric bell or what? And you look at these, things. our family watches. I just sit there amazed. Okay. And I think, okay, now that's a great imagination. That's beyond what I have an ability to think about. And I had never put those two thoughts. I've taught 3 million people goal setting, but I've never thought about it in this context. And to give people that, that just that bravery in the quietness of their own heart, in the quietness. Most people are by themselves listening to this. They don't have to get into a debate with anybody. They right. don't have to have right. religious fisticuffs with anybody. But to actually just imagine what might be God's imagination for their best life. 
is such a beautiful concept. Just give me your thoughts on that, just as far as for anybody listening and you know, how they it, might embrace that. It is ultimately a thinking thing, mm-hmm. right? Because, you know, our world believes and, and has for years embraced the concept. I mean, how many speakers, Brian, have we heard say, your choice determines where you end up? Mm-hmm. Your choice determines your destiny. Well, that's true. Mm-hmm. It's just not the truth. See, things can be true mm-hmm. and not be the truth. The truth connotes the bottom line. Mm-hmm. The truth connotes the foundation, everything that is there. But but something can be true, and we live with what is true. You know, if you took a blind person and said, uh, there's an animal here, and I want you to feel around, tell me, what, it's called an elephant. I know you've never seen it before. Tell me what it's like, and tell me how it can be used. You know, a blind person might say, well, an elephant's flat, it's tall, it's wide, it can be used as a as a barrier, a gate, a wall. Well, that's true. It's not the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, until you have the full picture of an elephant, you're never going to be able to figure out what it really looks like or harness its value, right? right? And so when we say our choice is determine our destiny, it's true. It's just not the truth because there is something below it. And that is that seeking wisdom. That is our thinking. It's our thinking because our thinking determines our choices, Choices determine action. Actions create results. Results are who we are over time. That becomes our culture. That's who we are. So our thinking becomes who we are. Mm -hmm. Now, stay with me here. Our thinking creates our choices. That is the bottom line. And if you ever doubt that, if you ever wonder, is that true? Just remember, every choice you've ever made, every choice you will ever make in your life is totally determined by how you think, what you think about, how long you think about it. What you decide you won't think about so it doesn't distract you from thinking about what you got to think about so you can decide it's your thinking, right? It's your thinking. Now, here's the beautiful thing. God's greatest paradox, our greatest power that he gives us. Yes, our thinking determines our choices, but you can choose how you think. Mm. You can choose it. That's perspective. You can choose your perspective. People say that that glass half full, glass half empty, that that's how you see a thing. It's how you see a thing. Well, that's what everybody believes. It's how you see a thing. And we all know that perspective can change the results without changing any of the facts. People forget the glass is what it is. But how you think about it, send your life in one direction. But see, it's not, you know, how you think about it is true. It's not the truth. Because the truth is, it's how you choose. To yeah. think about it. Right. I was on this thing the other day, and it was an interview, and there was a panel there. And this one person who knew of me said, man, you've lived a charmed life. They go, you know, you, you came here, and you had this motorcycle accident, and you, you know, medical bills and all these issues. Yeah, what luck? You know, right. I, I got run over by a car. <laughs> yeah, right? what I got luck? 13 surgeries you in two years. ended up under a pier. Yeah. What luck? Right, oh, exactly. Thank you. Yeah, but it was by the ocean. Right. And it, yeah. You know, I had a guy tell me one time, you know, Brian... You had two hundred fifty grand in debt as a nineteen-year-old, seven thousand miles away from home. You knew nobody, but I've never had anything bad happen to me like that, and that's why I'm not as driven and as motivated as you. Oh, and I would hmm. tell him, "Hey, let's go out in the parking lot. I'll reverse over you a couple times right now. I'll, I'll get you fired up in a second. You know what I mean? So, but the point is, I did this exercise because I'm living a life I never imagined. Right? I never imagined, but somebody did. I got a bride for twenty-seven years that. Uh, you know, I'm a good salesman. I'm not that good. <laughs> I got six kids that are these amazing people, these amazing achievers who are each other's best friends. All these different things. I got a business that gets a chance to do what I love that impacts people's lives, and it's grown by leaps and bounds every year for 21 years and yada, yada, yada. 
Uh, so I can give you a list. But I did a little analysis after this interview because I was like, is this true? So I started making a list of the things that went wrong. And I know you're a fan of my daughter, Anna, who's just Absolutely. won the world championship here recently under 25 in her horse riding. Everything that possibly could go wrong in a 90-day period of time went wrong for that young lady. But she stood there on a podium with the national anthem being sung by an orchestra with 20,000 people in the stadium cheering her on and, and being mesmerized by what she just did. But everything that possibly could go wrong prior to that spot happened. And it is how she chose to think about it. That's right. I was recently in a situation on a sports team with my kids, and I'm watching some parents and how they've chosen to think about circumstances, and it has turned into this bitter, taken offense, this coach is this, this coach is that, this club is this, this, that. And honest to God, I, I look at it and I go, I, I don't believe anything like that. Because I'm sitting, I'm thankful for the opportunity. I'm thankful for the guy that runs the club. I'm thankful for this coach. This is a great opportunity. My wife's an Olympic volleyball player, but we're thankful for this opportunity. This is a guy who's athletically putting on his underwear is an achievement. And yet he's <laughs> complaining about how the coach runs practices, how the team works. You follow? It may be the critical thing, how you choose to think. It may be the critical thing. I can tell you this. Most things in my life have not worked out, and I'm living an awesome life. Most things don't go right, and I'm living an awesome life. Our event was screwed up here in immense ways prior to coming here, and people are going to have the best event they've ever been to. It's not just some wishy-washy stuff. No, it's this not. is tough. Science has proven thought has mass. Mm. And when I say science has proven thought has mass, that is what has been intended since creation. Mm. All right? And that has been what has been in place since creation. Just because you didn't know it didn't mean it wasn't true. You know, ignorance of principle. You heard ignorance of the law is no excuse. Right. Ignorance of principle mm. is no protection from the consequences of violating that yeah. principle just because you don't know it. Yeah. All right? And so when you look at people having issues and, and the choice to think about them in a certain way, choosing how you think, perspective, it literally moves a life in one direction or another. And, and look, you want to be a leader? Well, what kind of leader do you want to be? Do you want to be a leader with muscle? Because these choices, just like going to the gym, this is life's gym, mm. okay? Do you want to follow a person where you go to them and say, look, I'm having this problem, and all they can tell you is, well, that never happened to me. Gosh, I don't know what you're going to do. Really? Really? <laughs> I mean, we don't follow those kind of people. No. In reality, if you look at your life, you really want to experience every problem you could possibly experience yeah. so that you can be valuable for your human right. being friends and so that they where, can come to you That's where the say, wisdom comes from. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's beautiful. Well, I would say we could probably do another five hours. Buddy, I love I'm, talking I'm, to you. I'm game to I do it. I love listening to you. I, I will say this. I am a huge fan. You know that. I've pursued a relationship with you. I've put you out in front of our clients as often as I can. I love this book. And uh, I am proud to endorse it. I hope all the hundreds of thousands of people listening to the show will get it. It's called The Little Things. And it's a little book that you can read. It's cute looking. <laughs> it's well written, and uh, a hardback book for less than ten bucks. Yeah, I mean, that's hard wrong, to do, right? But it's very, very powerful. And I thank you. I thank appreciate, you. and uh, I, I will say this: you've made my life better. You've made a lot of people's life better. We're just so thankful for the relationship, and I pray that the little things become a big things. Thank you. Buddy. So, I'm thank honored, you all. Uh, to be here, Brian. My pleasure. Thanks for tuning in today. As we leave you, I'm going to leave you with the words of my grandfather. May the roads rise up to meet you, and may the wind always be at your back. 
May the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sunshine warm upon your face. And those are little things. And until we meet again, may God hold you with all of his imagination in the hollow of his hand. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy it. We'll see you next time.